Are you living a wellness lifestyle? What could it do for you? Join us today on the Wellness Lounge a step further and see how our guests and direction can inspire you to self-empowerment through a wellness lifestyle. Now, here is the host of the Wellness Lounge a step further, Desiree Watson. Good morning. Thanks again for listening in to our show, the Wellness Lounge a step further. We have an exciting guest uh, for you here today. I think uh, you'll be interested in some of uh, uh, what she's doing to empower communities and community relations. And uh, we are, of course, Wellness Interactive. Our signature brand is the Wellness Lounge. We're located at 14 South Orange Avenue in South Orange, New Jersey. And what we do, or what we believe we do, is that uh, we empower through connecting the mind, the body, the spirit, which, of course, can engage on all levels of uh, interacting with people in our everyday lives, our communities, our workplaces, uh, and uh, we're hoping that uh, we share enough where you would want to also navigate the experience that that's, that fits you with information. So I uh, also want to thank uh, so many of you who are listening throughout the world. Uh, thanks Canada and Japan and China, Denmark, Germany, France, Italy. Thanks so much for tuning in. I think you'll enjoy what we have to say today. So, as you all know, I, I generally like to share uh, a passage from a book, uh, or hopefully uh, it's something that you may like, or if you don't, you might you know, find uh, another book that uh, best supports some of what uh, we're discussing uh, today or every day. This particular passage is from the book, uh, Good to Great, it's uh, written by Jim Collins. And uh, a lot of uh, what's in it, it, it generally uh, does relate to a number of uh, uh, corporations and leaders of corporations, but I believe that uh, a, a lot of this also affects us in our everyday life because our communities and our homes, we are leaders of our homes and our communities. And you know, sometimes uh, it's great to read books like this. Uh, has a great uh, impact on uh, how we think, or can have an impact on how we think. So, on that note, the paragraph I'd like to speak about, or I'll go right into it. It's: uh, Are you a hedgehog or a fox? In his, his famous essay, "The Hedgehog and the Fox," Isaiah Berlin divided the world into hedgehogs and foxes based upon an ancient Greek parable. The fox knows many things, but the hedgehog knows one big thing. The fox is cunning, a cunning creature able to devise a myriad of complex strategies for sneak attacks upon the hedgehog. Day in, day out, the fox circles around the hedgehog's den, waiting for the perfect moment to pounce. Fast, Sleek, beautiful, a fleet of foot and crafty, the fox looks like the sure winner. The hedgehog, on the other hand, is a, a doubtier creature looking like a genetic mix-up between a porcupine and a small armadillo. 
He waddles along, going about his simple day, searching for lunch and taking care of his home. I have uh, just uh, so many experiences I could actually speak about that, but I think uh, you'll uh, love our guest today, Deborah Davis Ford, who works very closely in her community and in our community here, uh, or one of the communities in in New Jersey. But I think uh, what she does uh, can help us all navigate in our communities. And Deborah Davis Ford uh, uh, is uh, of South Orange, was appointed clerk of the Board of Chosen Freeholders on May 6, 2009, and took her oath of office on June 1, 2009. To the role of clerk, she brings an impressive 20-year record of corporate experience in the field of personal training, development, and client management, having served as a corporate client manager at a large pharmaceutical company and a director of professional services. She also held the position as a vice president of Superior Staffing Services, and she was the first female president of her local Rotary Club. I mean, this is is, uh, uh, great, and uh, I think... uh, as I said, once you um, uh, hear our conversation, you'll know that we all uh, can uh, contribute to our communities uh, on a, a very big way, just getting up and doing things. And on that, that note, Deborah Davis Ford, thank you so much for joining us today. Deborah? Good morning. It's my pleasure. Great. Great. And, you know, uh I first, of course, would uh, just um, like uh, to talk to you about uh, uh, how you navigate your experience to give back to the communities. Because, because what I think happens at times, Deborah, is that we're all uh, in our communities and we see others doing things. And we may feel that uh, there's no more to be done or we may not know how to get involved uh, or, you know, we're, we're of course, uh, running our homes and uh, raising our children, grandchildren. Uh, tell our listeners and uh, hopefully <laughs> our, our communities around the world how you navigated your experience and just giving back with community relations. Uh, you're born and raised in New Jersey? Yes. Um all my life, but spent my summers in the South. Oh, see, and that sometimes can help, too. I'd love to get back to that. Uh, Spent your summers in the South and uh, born and raised in New Jersey. And uh, tell us about uh, your uh, uh, experience just growing up, and did your parents uh, uh, navigate the same experience that you're doing, and you're able to reach back and pull from, from this, uh, from their experiences, or is this just something you wanted to do, just to be part of your community? How, explain to our listeners how you got to the point where uh, you just want to engage. Uh, Happily. Uh, it, to me, when I think about it, and you gave me um, an opportunity to pause and go back and think, and wisdom, I guess, is gathering knowledge through, through experience and, 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 and yes. education and interaction. Mm-hmm. So I guess the wisdom that I've gathered at this point is that um, giving back and supporting family, friends, and community, it's really a family culture. Oh, I love it. Yes. 
So it is the culture of my family to be connected to the family, to the community, uh, and to any environment that we engage ourselves in. Right, right. So, uh, uh, for example, mm-hmm. uh, uh, if I take uh, my my mother, mm-hmm. um, she, she like uh, many of the people where I grew up in my neighborhood had two working uh, parents, and even though my mother and my father worked full time, it was really my mother who was really the community minded extended family because my father sometimes was working uh, multiple jobs uh, mm-hmm. is uh, is to uh, always be there. If someone in the neighborhood needed something, if a parent needed to be there to supervise the kids, then my mother would be there. She would open up the home and we had groups of 12-year-olds crammed into the house. Uh, uh, the extended uh, activities of the church so that we would have a safe social social outlet. My mother was involved in that. Um, and so when we, uh, I got my exposure in the beginning of my love for being politically engaged because whoever was running uh, in our community, my mother would volunteer and bring us along to volunteer and mm-hmm. answer phones or just to, to yeah. get back. And see, that's so important. I'm glad you mentioned that because... That sounds uh, 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 like a similar experience I had also with my mother. Because you're, you're saying that your mother was really engaged in the community. So you really uh, also had um, the opportunity to learn uh, the experience of giving back and being empowered in a sense where you, uh, uh, you knew that uh, uh, just remaining idle was not... <laughs> You know, part of the the life yeah, experience. A very good point. I have an excellent role model in my mother and other members of the family, and so to me, it was a norm, not something I had to learn. Mm-hmm. It was something that was taught to me from the beginning, and there, I, and therefore, I, I I guess I, you know, explain it as a family culture. Yes, I like that family culture because uh, even now, I think uh, we're all reaching back to. Be sure that uh, somehow our, our children understand that uh, uh, they should be giving back. Uh, if they're, you know, going on to college, they're volunteering uh, uh, at different uh, schools and or different say, levels. It's, a, it's more of a challenge for for those who are uh, us who are fortunate to give our children more. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I have, and you have, and other mm-hmm. people have. We were financially and everything else in a better uh, right. position than our, uh, maybe our parents were. Right. And so, therefore, they grew up in, really in a cocoon. And yes. we're parents, my husband and I are parents of our only child who is, who's, with, who's been in private school since three. Right. And so my, con- my concern was I did not want a entitled, self-absorbed, child, neither my husband and I. So we, where my parents didn't have to do that because, you know, we ran out and played in our neighborhood and, you know, um, you know everybody, other mother or father, was, was you were their extended child. It was really more like that it takes a village type of uh, environment. Mm-hmm. Whereas, whereas I was startled when I first moved to uh, my community and that there were play dates. 
and everything was scheduled and, you know, and all the things that we've invested in our child. So my real responsibility, I think, and my husband's responsibility to our daughter is to be able to enrich her life, and we're blessed to be able to do that. But all yeah. that, not yeah. in a commitment to the community and getting back. Right, right. And but you know, it, uh, you you brought up an interesting point. It, it, of course, uh, their uh, lifestyles are a lot different than uh, maybe the way we grew up. And of course, our lifestyles were definitely different from the way our parents grew up. Uh, but um, even now, I think uh, the privileged child, so to speak, I think it's um, uh, while it may be more challenging, it's such a great uh, necessity to empower them with uh, uh, the platform for giving back. And I know that um, uh, they're doing amazing things. You know, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're also doing uh, amazing things in public schools, but it's really the child that we are working with to nurture. It's just my thinking to nurture uh, the, the give back <laughs> because I know my kids, uh, they started volunteering when they were like five years old. You know, they were delivering food in New York City with my husband to one of the, the communities for senior citizens. And I know that uh, with your child, with all the uh, 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 things you do on the community level, there's so much opportunity to have your child uh, uh, give back and, and to uh, nurture what uh, I, I call the legacy of what our, our grandparents have given us. It's different. I definitely say that it's different, but uh, they're, they're constantly doing things. Would you agree with that? I, I know that your daughter probably does uh, a I lot, but different. I absolutely, but different. I absolutely uh, do agree with that. Um, and, you know, I'm often drawn back, and now it resonates with me, and I really understand what, to paraphrase, an, you know, an African um, expression that takes the village. Right. <laughs> uh, I, it really does. And no matter where you are, um, uh, it is important for you to give back, even if it's just time, because mm-hmm. all of that enriches us. It makes, um, it, it, it empower everyone is empowered to, to participate in giving back and building a strong, vibrant community. And with that mindset, with action and effort, um, we're healthier. Right, much, much healthier. I love it, absolutely. Much, much healthier with a sound uh, foundation, I would think, you know. Because uh, the key is the legacy of uh, if you're creating it now uh, for your children, uh, I believe, then uh, hopefully the grandchildren uh, will also experience uh, what it means and feels to give back. So, you know, I want to ask you, Deb, how uh, and when, not how, I, I have an idea how, but let, let our listeners know uh, maybe uh, what your navigation experience was like uh, becoming uh, president of uh, your local chapter uh, uh, Rotary Club. Because I, too, was a member of the Rotary Club at one point, and we all know, you know, Rotary has its history, no women, you know, all of this really uh, hmm, interesting, but also very, very extremely conservative. And uh, I'm really happy, of course, that they have opened it up 
over the years. And I shouldn't say open it up. I think people like us have put enough pressure uh, in a sense where, uh, you know, every level of, of organizations or any organization should be open and all-inclusive, but we know that most of them aren't. But how uh, did you navigate your experience uh, for uh, oh, becoming the president of Rotary? But before you answer that, I do hear the music, and so our second uh, session uh, will uh, come back and speak with Deborah Davis Ford, and she's going to talk to us once again and empower us with community relations, and we're going to speak about the Rotary Club and being the first president of the Rotary Club, her local Rotary Club. Thank you. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things. And together, you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Oh, hello. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, We're here again with Deborah Davis Ford. And Deborah Davis Ford is uh, empowering us today on community relations and also being a professional person and just how we get back and uh, navigating her whole experience uh, with uh, uh, interacting professional work and uh, giving back to the community. So, Deborah, we were speaking about uh, uh, you're becoming the first uh, president of your local Rotary, and we all know that it's international Rotary and it's around the world, and uh, we also know that uh, at one point... uh, 
they didn't have women, I believe. <laughs> I know this, I guess, yeah. you too. But talk, talk to us about that. How did you become president? Well, or how did you navigate? It, it, it is very interesting. I really did not know much about the road. We had no thoughts about it. Um, and just to put everything in, in proper context, um, you know, it was all male, basically older and mid, middle-aged, uh, successful white male uh, uh, civic organization. And um, at the time, I was a partner in a, a startup staffing company that was very successful, and above me was an architect who happened to be a white male. He was an engaged member of the Rotary. And in the late 80s, um, a, a Supreme Court decision was enacted that I've now forced these clubs to open up to women. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in 1990, I was invited to go to a meeting. I really wasn't in that interested because I knew about the history. I was right. sitting around, <laughs> with, you know, had lunchtime with a bunch of older white gentlemen. However... <laughs> I went there and I saw their mission of truly civic organization, wasn't political or anything, and giving back. And each club identifies a mission or a cause. This um, organization was literacy for children in Newark. Well, to make a long story short, what I discovered about myself, because you always discover things about yourself, right. I fit right in. And the reason I fit right in is that a lot of the guys are really stunted at some level in middle school and with that warped sense of humor. I right. have the same thing. And um, I also had this wit. This, the organization, I started to fall in love with the organization, with the men and the cause, but they, every year they did some sort of club activity. They had mm-hmm. And I was getting... The social activity. I said, okay, so they're going to dump this on me. There are only a few people. <laughs> they wanted to give you the social activity. So, so I, hmm, I wonder, if you think that had anything to do with your being a woman? Exactly. So I, I fixed them. It was fun. And it was a successful event. And one of the, the individuals where they still had a table where all the men sat, patriot, you know, this this. Uh, very, very conservative. I could see blue blood type of person who got mm-hmm. up and loved to do poetry. But I said, he's a peacock. I can connect with him. So <laughs> are you dying to know what the activity I came up with? A fashion show. <laughs> a fashion show. Oh, my God. And I made the model in the fashion show. You made the model. Oh, I love that. Perfect. So we, <laughs> we connected and... Um, so as a result of that, over time, in three short years, oh, what I didn't share with you, they, had, this is the Newark Rotary Club, one of the oldest clubs in the world and in New Jersey. Right. Isn't that and, something? And, 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 and so there was never even an African-American president of that club. So in three right. short years, building relationships, to me, the key to everything is relationship. Right. And building relationships. So, unless someone is so evil, you can find... Something that you have in common with it and build with that. 
So I was able to do that in three Right. Years. And the beautiful part, to your point, too, Deborah, when you say you, you, you're building relationships, but you can find something good, something yeah. to connect with that person. Even with the fashion show, I'm sure these gentlemen had either never been to a fashion show, let alone in a fashion show. I think the experience was probably really uh, lively and fun. And, you know, you expose them to another I think uh, I always say guys need to use uh, their they they need to get in tune to their female side too. <laughs> so in three short years, um, I became I told them they were a greedy bunch of old white guys. And I meant that lovingly. Um, they got two for the price of one. I was not only their first female president, but I was also their first African American president. Yes, yes, I love that. I love that. So talk to us about. Um, also, uh, uh, South Orange uh, uh, and some of the things that you've done in South Orange to contribute back. Because, you know, I, I'm always thinking, I, I uh, grew up in uh, upstate New York, and, you know, we were always in cities. And I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I've been in New Jersey for many years, but I, st- I am still trying to embrace the idea of all the small townships and how uh, you all or everyone navigates, including myself, because they're townships and they're very, they're, first of all, I, I love them, very beautiful, but sometimes very enclosed or sometimes very open. Uh, but uh, I'm truly amazed at how uh, folks that are born and raised in New Jersey uh, navigate and give back to these small townships. And so what's your reflection on South Orange? Well, New Jersey in itself, and and to to, um, add to your point, is a very parochial state. Mm -hmm. So we have a a multitude in a small state of small towns, with, of course, the bigger cities, but a lot of small to mid-sized cities and towns. Um, Mm -hmm. South Orange is about 1,600 to 1,700 residents. it's a first suburb. Uh, it's a uh, tr- village train uh, 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 town or village, and it is eclectic. It has mm-hmm. a lot of professionals from the arts, from science, from IT, from Wall Street uh, that live here, uh, and it's a diverse t- community and integrated. Let me explain the difference. Diversity exists in many towns, but mm-hmm. There is an Italian section, a Jewish section, a black section, Hispanic section. I think South Orange is one of the few unique towns that are not only diverse, but fully integrated. We don't have those sections. Each demographic, based on housing stock, its style, and price point, is fully integrated. So Mm -hmm. we're not only a diverse town, we're a fully integrated and engaged town. Getting to the community involvement, which is exceptionally high. The elected officials in South Orange, and I happen to be one of those, which we call a trustee, which is an archaic name, but really <laughs> the council person, um, and the president, which is a mayor, um, we are truly volunteers. We get zero compensation. We oh, I love it. Oh, gosh. We get, so, so we, <laughs> that's well, wait, let me just ask you. Let's, let's, let's stay there for one moment. Okay, you're you're volunteers and you're not compensated. I that is uh, it's first of all it's it's beautiful but amazing because 
uh, most people are compensated, I would believe, in, in some of their um, city yeah. governments. But, of course, this is not a city, it's a township. But the question, now, South Orange, and this is, of course, where Wellness Interactive is, and South Orange love the, the township, but how does that uh, uh, balance with all of the high taxes? And is it because you have such a small uh uh, residential population that um, do you're not compensated. I really don't know. I'm I'm I, I'm I, asking these questions for the listeners too because they too may be in a very small town and they may or may not know what uh, uh, the the uh, navigation process is to become a part of any of I their city back, government. I believe it goes back to uh, the. The economic demographics of the town has always been considered a relatively well-off town, and people who were elected were generally people of means or retired who stayed their time as an elected official, and it it has not changed. I can tell you um, there is something on the resolution to give for future boards just a stipend, a small stipend, for the government officials, but the elected officials, the council, the board of trustees, council, and the village president and mayor are totally volunteer. But the volunteer goes beyond the elected body. All of our communities, all of our areas that we have, public safety, uh, Department of Public Works, um, recreation and, and arts, we are big culturally arts and recreation community, um, health, you know, I think every aspect of a community that makes it, you know, whole, that gives it a quality of life, our community are empowered and engaged to help make this village work by volunteering. Um, and that's why the community is successful. You talked about taxes. Our taxes are extremely high. That's because we have um, a, a very small business district or rateable. So the burden of uh, of running the village is on the uh, the homeowners, and almost 60% of our taxes by state formula immediately goes to support the school system. Mm-hmm. So without without a, with, with a low business rateable and a mandatory based on the state formula of almost 58 to 60% um, to go to support the school system, which I believe in a vibrant public school system. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, and, and, and the school system, when you speak about the school system, uh, you're, uh, or I should say ours, I don't obviously, of course, live in South Orange, but my business is there, but um, you're, uh, uh, I don't know if it's the proper word, partnering, or you have uh, the other local townships like Maplewood. Uh, when did you yeah. all decide to maybe merge with Maplewood as, as far as uh, uh, oh, well, your local uh, township or government? Because I know a lot of things are happening now with Maplewood. All right. Uh, I'll give you a 60-second <laughs> scenario. Six, yeah, Maplewood, that's fine. Yeah, because I just think it's important, too, because, yeah, again, think, the, the purpose of, of this uh, amazing platform, and you're helping us to understand when you are in communities, and they could be very small or very large how do you navigate uh, your presence there and being able to uh, engage and jump in or just know because it's also helpful for your children? 
Well, Maplewood and South Orange uh, used to be one town. Years and years ago, um, uh, Maplewood was carved out of South Orange and Creek. But we skipped, we've always shared the same school system because we used to be one town. And a special charter, for lack of a better way, exists. Uh, we're a unique charter, so we have shared services. And so the taxes are determined on the uh, value of the homes. Um, uh, uh, the 60% of, at least 40% of the children are in the Maplewood South Orange School District because Maplewood is bigger, but 40% goes of South Orange uh, children attend and the other 60%. Wow. But our percentage is a little higher because of the state formula is based on the value of the homes. And as mm. an aggregate, the property value of South Orange is higher than Maplewood. So we, even though we only have 40% of our children going there, we pay a percentage higher of that 100%. Uh, wow. so I don't want to bog people down. But just to add, just to digress, if you may, that's why we need to ch- change how we fund education. It yes. should be, to me, a, a couple of things real quickly. should mm-hmm. be a state, a state uh, tax where it's spread evenly amongst everyone and communities aren't affected by driving property taxes up um, based on changing. It, and, and it would really be uh, more cost efficient. And the other major thing that I think we need to do is with all of these multiple communities, we don't need all the Board of Education for one small town over here there. We should have a county Board of Education with a satellite office. Um, I am so glad you said that. And you know more than, than I, because I, of course, did not grow up in, in New Jersey, but that's, uh, oof, that's so important. Has their own Board of Education. That's crazy. It yeah. is, but... I guess um, it, it is. It really is. But there, I want to be honest. There, when it comes to the local uh, and, and local city uh, politics of it all, I now understand because you've just <laughs> explained so much. Because I've always had a problem with uh, the politics of New Jersey, so to speak, without getting heavily into it. But said, how, why is it that? Yeah, I'm thinking. Oh, I didn't realize you could you could be a mayor and you could uh, be an assemblyman. I think or state assembly. You could be all these things for one person, you know, yeah. or for a community. That's scary to me. I grew up in New York State, and I'm just saying this is a beautiful part of about our country too. That I always, uh, <laughs> you know, I when when we're traveling, at least you know, I'm traveling around the world. I said, well, but I love my great United States, but I don't think most people understand how states uh, impact our communities on a much higher level because they're, they operate so differently. Yes, they do. But um, getting back to holding multiple offices, that is no longer allowed. A state uh, oh, has you. been passed. <laughs> and the only people now who are holding multiple offices were people who are already having, they've been grandfathered. But once you run up for election again, you have to give up one or the other. Oh, my gosh. And so how long was that actually happening, Deborah? I mean, has, has that been it's part recent. of the political you know, platform for many years? Or, uh, wow. You mean, yeah, you mean holding multiple offices? Holding multiple offices, yes. Oh, yeah, it, it was definitely allowed. It was nothing illegal. Uh, it, it, it was just allowed. 
and um, mm-hmm. a public pressure um, finally came to a critical mass, and mm-hmm. um, um, and then uh, the legislator meeting in, in Trenton uh, passed this new law. I, I don't know if it was a year ago or two years ago, mm-hmm. but it's recent. Yeah, because that, that definitely can affect... Uh, Sometimes I believe how we all view, uh, you know, as residents, uh, uh, how we view getting involved uh, sometimes uh, on the community level, because we're we're looking at the way politics is operating, and you're thinking, whoa, you know, it's sort of overwhelming at times. You feel you can't uh, do anything or be a part of it because you think it's controlled uh, sometimes by uh, the political uh, platform. But I'm so happy that changed. Mm-hmm. That's the trap or the barrier to people really being accountable and, and committing. Um, you know, another paraphrase, you know, talk about being overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Is how do you eat an elephant? How, I'm you sorry, how what? That? How do you eat an elephant? Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. And again, that's from another African thing. Uh-huh. Uh, one bite at a time. If you think about <laughs> eating a whole elephant, you're overwhelmed. But if yeah. you think about it in a very tactical, practical way, one bite at a time. Well, an individual uh, is, is empowered to be engaged in the community and give back. Mm-hmm. So don't think about all the, 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 the challenges, the politics, the environment, or time that you, ha- you don't have enough time. Think about what do I love doing? What do I do well? Mm-hmm. What can I get? And if it's only one hour a week, and just think if hundreds of people just gave one hour a week to something right. that they Oh, my gosh. That's they, beautiful. They Absolutely. So, oh, you know, love it. We're all empowered to be engaged with you. something. Absolutely. Hold that thought for one moment, Deborah. We're going to break for commercial. We're speaking with Deborah Davis Ford, empowering us to give back to our communities and... Of course, we're all excited about that because that's generally where we wake up in our community. Now we've got to figure out how to get back. We'll be back. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. 
You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge, a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We're speaking with Deborah Davis Ford, and she's empowering us through community relations. Deborah, we were uh, speaking about uh, local communities, and of course we were speaking about uh, local communities in New Jersey because uh, that, of course, is where we are, but where you are and where you grew up. And uh, I'd love to uh, uh, speak about or or have you have uh, our listeners know uh, that per, your, your professional platform, how you really integrated both the community relations and uh, the political uh, platform with being a professional woman and being a mom and, you know, wife, all of that. Tell us more about uh, how you navigate that, because I'm sure your husband is a, a great supporter. You've got a beautiful daughter. Uh, she just graduated from Georgetown, I believe, right? Yes, she has. And she did it in four years. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's beautiful. So you you have to have a, a great uh, support from uh, your uh, uh, family and friends or, or just your husband. Uh, can you speak to us more about that? And uh, uh, I, I think it's it's empowering. Uh, most people who tune into the show know that uh, – I'm really focused on the whole mind-body-spirit connection, and to me, that means uh, just being grounded, grounded in faith. Uh, what does all that mean to you? Well, um, I don't. I've been empowered by my family and my husband, and and I don't know if that. I've always known that I would be an A-type personality, I guess, with a little, you know, softening in the side because I am not very, you know, aggressive, but I'm very assertive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, you know, I talked about my, my family. However, I'm the oldest of four, so I don't know if that... Ah, yes. A <laughs> lot um, on but, your shoulders, huh? <laughs> but but um, uh, the reason why I've been able to, um, as I often say when someone says, how are you doing? I said, trying to keep all the balls in the air. The mm-hmm. way I've been able to do that is... One, I have an incredible family. My my parents and my siblings, whatever initiatives I've taken on. I mean, I I, I produced fashion shows years ago. I did a uh, you know a cable show. I I've, I've done all of these positions. I've, I've wait wait wait. Let's back up a bit. You said you did a what show? A cable show years ago. A table show. Cable t- t- cable TV. Oh, cables, because, yeah, see, I, I like to clarify, <laughs> yeah. because so many people are listening around the world, I'm going, wait oh. a minute, i don't, I got to clarify, it's not a table show, because oh. that uh, can mean yeah. different things in different parts of the country right. and the world. <laughs> cable, and, and so, yeah, cable TV, okay. Right, so mm-hmm. anything that, any initiative, even crazy stuff, I always have the support of my family and my husband, and so when I was a partner in this startup company, I was empowered to take that chance when someone knocked on the door and I was comfortable in 
the corporation I was with was, a, was an uh, international staffing company managing multiple mm-hmm. brands. It's a startup, this small startup, won't bore you with the details of why and how, but I was empowered to do that. And part of my decision-making was I had the support of my husband and at that time had not had our child. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I was responsible for br- the business development, bringing in almost 80% of the company's business. Found, mm-hmm. found myself about ready to give birth. And the plan was I was going to stay home three months, and my husband was going to stay home three months. My husband was <laughs> a carpenter and general contractor by, uh-huh. by, by trade. And um, then we were going to have a live-in person because we did not want to bounce her around because I had long, late nights. I traveled for business, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And my mother-in-law, who was like my mom to me, was mm-hmm. a Oh, I love that. The decision was, my husband um, committed to me, and I was back to work in eight weeks after C-section because I was the main driver of revenue of a company that was such a well. And I was able to do that without any anxiety or stress, and there's another reason I'll share with you in a moment why I was able to do that. But before it was popular, my husband committed. He has no patience for adults, stupid adults. (laughs) he He has none. But tremendous attention oh. <laughs> for kids and all that other stuff. Oh. <laughs> five years to be uh, the main caregiver. Um, wow. And stayed at home with my daughter. So I, I love it. Home. It's beautiful. I was in Norway this year, and, you know, uh, the husbands, uh, the, the, the wives, uh, the, the mothers, I'll say, get off mm-hmm. like over a year off for having yeah. a baby, uh, giving birth, and then the husband, too, gets off almost a year off from work. I think that's beautiful. And your husband supported you. And, and, and see, so what's the plan? Did you guys literally sit down and say, okay, how are we going to plan this out? You know what, how it happened? Not originally. What happened was when, when he looked at his overhead and the cost for his, his helper and the cost for someone real good, because we only found one person we really liked that was mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. most important. It's always tough. Have, yeah. When he did the net net, um, based on what I, you know, the, the successful new business is doing, mm-hmm. it really didn't make sense because the person should be really paid well. Well, with it. So he made that, the, the commitment to, to do that, and he gave me a block. We decided on this block of time, heads up, so I could really focus mm-hmm. on building this, help building this business. And wow. that's how it came about. We didn't find anybody that we really liked. Now, I could have stayed home maybe six months, but thank God I was born at this time because of the way I'm wired. Right, I'm, right. You know, it's it's so be, much I, better for I'm you a, to be out in the, in the, 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 the world because, and helping people, yeah. Right, because I would be on Prozac after six months. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have yeah. been able and to and do yeah, that. That's a good world. point because I have... Uh, uh, a girlfriend, um, uh, she's actually my, my daughter's godmother, and she has been uh, someone who has worked straight through. I, I, I don't think she's ever taken off from work, and that worked for her. She said she didn't want to, you know, be at home, and she only has one child, and her, her child is uh, 
at Vanderbilt. She's done a great job, and she and her husband work. She said, this works for me. But I think oh. also, let's, uh, for a moment, I mean, you, you spoke about your mother-in-law, and I think that's a big help. I love oh. my mother-in-law, too. My mother-in-law um, with with my girlfriend's here. mother-in-law, she lives close by. And so I think it's about the support system and that you can do that. You can work, but you put that support system together first. And the support system nowadays, they're building homes that uh, will include, you know, having that uh, that apartment or that wing for the parents. Because I know yeah. my mom, my mom literally retired early so that she could come to be with us. And, you know, she would be with us uh, six months out of the year. But when I was pregnant, because it was uh, a, a, a tough pregnancy, she said, no, I'm going to retire. So I think when you speak about your mother-in-law, and of course your mom too, but your mother-in-law, yes. that helps, doesn't it? Oh, a great incredible. deal to be able to say, I want to work. <laughs> incredible, it helps. Matter of fact, it's a real fun story about my mother-in-law, talking about being empowered and everything like that. My, my husband, would have, we would have had six children if it was up to my husband. I would have wanted two, but no more than that, because I knew I would be engaged and really tough. I really didn't. So, uh, we would have six so, if it were left up to So, my, my, he was doing, oh, oh, he couldn't wait for us to come home out of the hospital and, and whatever, and it's going to be me. And I knew I needed a mom, a mother, or whatever like that. Yeah, my was working yeah. and everything. So, I said to my mother-in-law, who lives in Maplewood, can I come home with you for a week? So I didn't go home with my husband and the baby. I didn't go to my mother's house. I came out of the hospital with my baby and went to my mother-in-law's house. My husband came by, slept on the couch or whatever. Oh. My, I, for three weeks, after giving birth, the first three weeks of the life, I stayed with my mother-in-law and Rachel. And oh. was a guest in his mother's home because oh. I wanted to be... But see, that's, my that's, yeah, and, and that's real. That's absolutely that's real. real. If, if uh, uh, women are listening, even the husbands are listening, if that's real, we always want to tap into what's real. That is really real, what you just spoke about. You know, because even with my mother-in-law and my mother, my mother had the first child. My mother-in-law, <laughs> she had the second child. It's like, well, no, she was there for the first. I need to be there for the second. So it's such a just beautiful energy. So it's all focused around just that support. But you can imagine having uh, such a, uh, a strength and support and being able to do whatever you want for your communities and for your businesses. I can't let you... Uh, 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 get off without asking you about what you think. Uh, I'm going to switch just for a moment. What do you think about what's happening uh, in Washington these days? Because I know you're passionate about politics. I, I'm a, a political junkie, but not so passionate. I'm just a junkie. I need to know everything about politics. I think we all should know. <laughs> uh, I'm very, very concerned. Um, oh. It, 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 and, and the reason why I'm concerned is that in the past, and, 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 but I'm also encouraged because mm-hmm. if you look at history, we've mm-hmm. had, even from the beginnings of times, this discord. But when a particular party, at the expense of the whole country, it's so against the, the sitting president having any success just because of who he is and to sacrifice the well-being of the country. That's frightening. Now, if you have really distinct different opinions based on your experience and your beliefs and you bump heads, that's understandable. That's human nature. 
Mm-hmm. However, if you're working together supposedly collaboratively, hopefully you can come to a common ground mm-hmm. where, 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 where the um, community at large, the nation at large, is not harmed. And I know this may be a little dramatic, but if we don't find a way to get back to where we can, it is, it is a good thing to compromise where it's a win-win for everyone. You know, yeah, I, I, I just think about Yugoslavia. Are we going to break up into separate states because... Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, right. Resistance to change. And right. You pay attention to... And it's not so far-fetched. I doubt it. No, it's not. No, that's why... Yeah, no, it absolutely is not. I get that for sure. And I'm not sure that there are uh, 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 politicians that really don't think that way. I mean, they may be more receptive to that, unfortunately. Well, you know, Northern California just voted to um, create their own state, you know, some communities there. Uh, there are people in Texas that want to succeed, and you've got other places in the country that want to succeed. That has always been in our narrative. Exactly. Um, but somehow the pendulum moves back. It is my hope and expectation that, um, again, yeah. the pendulum will move back. Right, um, but the only dip, the the uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think uh, what would be challenging and and maybe the difference is that uh, our young people they are creating a whole new vision for uh, I believe our political platform. I think we're stuck now. We're stuck because we've got uh, the uh, that the older group, I'll say, yes. uh, that uh, are very, they're very resistant to some change. And then you've got these uh, uh, new uh, folks coming in and uh, uh, creating a new platform, which <laughs> they know nothing else, you know, but well, that platform. About that's elephant. scary. They know nothing else but yeah. that platform. Whereas yeah. the older uh, uh, group that's been around for many years, they could at least engage on many levels, but this particular group that's coming in, it's very scary. They know nothing else. But then you speak about the very young, oh, my goodness, they're visionaries, and I love that. And so if we can get more young people, uh, you know, engaging in politics and running for office, what do you think about that? Uh, I think it would really be important and a a value for the the continued success of this country as a whole. And the elephant in in the room, you kind of hit on it, is the older group and the old guard, is the demographics are changing significantly. We're becoming more and more of... Uh, Absolutely. I hear. I'm sorry, Deborah. I'm so, I can go on and on, but I'm going to have you back again. I hear music, and it means we're closing out the show, unfortunately. Where can people find you? Uh, I know that you've got uh, a platform that you're engaging with. Uh, uh, can you tell us well, about that? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll give, you, I'll give them my email. Yes. And, and it's friends, it's spelled F-R-I-E-N-D-S. Friends, plural, of O-S, D as in Deborah, D as in David, F as in Ford. Friends of DDF at gmail.com. Beautiful. So please uh, email uh, Deb, and uh, I'm sure she'll uh, send out her Facebook and Twitter once you email if you have any questions to engage I, her with, I, okay? And my Twitter is Deb Davis 
Ford. Deb Davis Ford is her Twitter Deb. handle. Thank you so much for joining us today, Deborah, and thank you to all of you who have tuned in. And we look forward to a great show next week, uh, Monday. But please uh, uh, definitely download anytime you want uh, iTunes podcasts of what we just spoke about with Deborah Davis Ford. Deborah, thanks for being with us. Oh, my pleasure. I look forward to speaking with you again. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us this week for the Wellness Lounge, a step further. Please tune in next Monday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another great show featuring your host, Desiree Watson. We'll continue to show you how to incorporate a wellness lifestyle and live a better life.